How's it going, everybody? J&J Smoking Hour Podcast number four. We're moving right along. We have the mouth of the Midwest, Joel Reeser, coming to you live from Stag Stillwater, Oklahoma, that is. Home of the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Um, Big Bedlam game tonight there. Got uh, the last OU-OSU wrestling match, and OSU has completely dominated that series over the history of the thing, but uh, it is what it is, right? It's one of the all-time historic wrestling programs by probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest, American wrestler in the history of uh, wrestling. Through that. It's a lot of history. Um, Jared Jackson here. I am coming to you live from Omerta Cigar, South Tulsa. Um, here hanging out with the guys, kind of bringing some product down. And uh, you know, smoke some smoke some guards with the with the crew, man. Hang out a little bit. I ain't got to hang out as much here lately, and looking forward to doing that. So, comfort uh, Mario. Yeah, got a few topics today. We're going to be talking about what we're smoking a little bit more in detail than we have been. Uh, we're going to move from that into uh, a little bit of TPE talk. Not a lot, but a little bit. Um, also, uh, from the business aspect, though, what our definitions or a conversation about leadership and leaders, and we're going to close out the podcast with our sports part talking about the recap of super bowl what super bowl was it 38 52 30 no it's like 57 or something dude like it was a weird uh, i don't know why i said 32 that's shit that's right sorry i think it's 57 because it was yeah. lv i don't even know why i said that is <laughs> thinking it's about different. something else yeah you're good all right so joel i'll let you lead off what you got blazing and so I got two of them because I'm finishing one up, but uh, this is a this is a Stillwater favorite here <clears throat> from our good friends at uh, Foundation Cigars. This is the High Clare Castle Toro. Hell of a story on this. I've never watched the show, and I always tell our customers about it, but I've never watched the show Downton Abbey. Uh, very, apparently, it's a bunch of elderly people killing each other, a mystery or something. But uh, the I guess where they film that is a place called Carnarvon Castle or Carnarvon Castle. Uh, but Nick made this uh, using English tobaccos from that from that facility. It's just a really beautiful, creamy cigar. I got a you know got a hot cup of coffee here as as always, but a really beautiful, creamy cigar. I like it in the morning. I like it at night. Uh, just really like after a long night working our uh, great location down at Wilshire last night. It was just perfect introductory cigar. But when I kill this one off, uh, I've got uh, revisiting the CAO Arcana Mortal Coil Volume One from our friends at uh, General Cigar. Um, I want to say I had the first one a few times, but this one just really earthy, leathery, just a nice, again, mid-afternoon smoke, complement the coffee really well. But this one's like a like a low-key hitter up here, too, and, and we really, really like liked that second release. I think it was just because of, uh, for me, it was a Vitola. I think the yeah. first release, no, no offense to the first release, the, I think the first release flavor profile was great. But it was just a little bit too big for my my taste anymore. I just can't get on those bigger ring gauges and bring her. These, funnily enough, Jared, these are these are both Toros. Right. <laughs> Toros Toro. about max, bro. I yeah, can do. Yeah, I gotta work my way to a Higante or a General. Will you are you smoking a Dogma just from? So yeah, time? so this is probably <laughs> one of my favorite uh, Drew Estate releases. This is the twenty two release. So this, I believe it was the second release. Um, the collab with Cigar Dojo and uh, Mr. Willie Rivera herself. Um, it has that traditional 
Ecuadorian Sumatra rapper. Uh, I'm a big Sumatra fan. Always kind of have been. Um, I like that. I like the. And we are completely different in how we describe cigars, guys. I've been no. doing this for like 20 years. I still have pretty much a similar, like seven things I use to describe a cigar, and that's just how it is. But for me, it just kind of hits the palate just right. Um, I think the way they use some of that sun cured. A habano for the binder helps bring like that it's so it has that traditional nicaraguan filler right so you still got kind of like that same profile that you get across the board um with all the nicaraguan cigars but i feel like with the sun grown wrappers especially in conjunction with the sun cured binder like it just has a little bit more like spiciness to it, a pepperness a pepper if you will like and I don't, don't get me into all the red, white, black, green, blue peppers. Like, it's just, it's just peppery. When I say peppery to people, I mean like, like, like a jalapeno pepper. I mean, like, it makes my mouth salivate, right? And I like cigars that make my mouth salivate. Um, and I kind of rank them on based on, like, is it a little bit of salivation or so much that I got to spit regularly, right? Like, <laughs> like I got to walk outside to give, give a little point. So that's just kind of my my MO for, for what I like in cigars. And, uh I'm really sad to see on a completely separate note, Drew Estate dropped the Sun Grown line. Um, I get that, you know, year to year production and availability of leaf is, is an issue. Um, and in particular right now, this, this, this uh, the components that go into the cigar, um, obviously have had some hurdles uh, along with other brands having hurdles to get their, their cigars made. So I understand, yeah. um, but the Sun Grown Underground um, out of the entire series was always my favorite. I do think they've done a phenomenal job with the UC10. Um, it has uh, it has continued to surprise me in the um, sustainability of the cells um, and it kind of being more of a favorite now, um, even over the Maduro, it's something that's been there from the start, right? Um, with, with the clientele. So, you know, our customers and the members are really enjoying that you see 10, 10 and I'm getting uh, a lot of requests uh, across all the Vitolas, which is very interesting because that's usually not the case. Super um, You know, it seems like certain stores want the Corona Doble or certain stores want the, the Robusto. So it's just like, it's just... Jackie, sorry. I'm really good. Sorry, we're going to really good, uh, we, we always work. We'll talk about that with a leader later. If you only had a mute button, bro. No, no, it's all good, bro. No, we're doing the podcast. <laughs> Answer him, see what he needs if we need to call him. Yeah. We had a, see, coming to a leader. We got a message from a customer. I guess I'm up with the phone, so he's going to call him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know, a little bit about the cigars we're smoking today. Um, we're going to go from right that into TPE. Both of us, along with uh, our resident, Ed Dick, or uh, the head uh, director of information and computers. He's also the world-renowned storm chasing guru he was out chasing uh, tornadoes last night he made it on the news last night um they had some i don't know the technical term he used man don't get me started but uh, they had some rotation it just never re quite reached the ground i think they followed yeah. it like an hour and a half but it was actually some of his footage that made the new channel nine last night so that's cool i see why because i was at wilshire it was like 60 and then it was like 37 when i left Mero. when i left like i got there i was in shorts and i walked outside yeah. with no jacket and i was like what the hell <laughs> and that late traffic coming on, in jackets right? like what are y'all doing you know right <laughs> yeah, he's so, gonna have to yeah we head out tuesday the show starts wednesday 
you know, we got our usual suspects out there. We got uh, meetings with Sinisha Cigars, um, Oliva Cigars, Drew Estate, of course. We'll probably go by and see the good people over at Freud. If you haven't had that line yet and you're a Davidoff guy, um, 100%. definitely should check that out. Yeah. Joe will yeah. tell you in a little bit more about that than me. Yeah. He's kind of like the historian of the group, the nerd. <laughs> Yeah, the great no 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 100 percent the uh they, they do two cigars right now the super ego and then the agape which are great names but it's uh, it's a lot of diaz i mean so if any of y'all have been now they do them, have talking about new releases they do have a new release coming out at the show that. so that's something yeah, that we'll probably be bringing out yeah and i would expect our uh pure cigar house which is our website component uh the monthly program we send out a, a, a monthly pack um you can definitely expect to see that coming out in that pack in the future um, so we'll, we'll definitely be getting hold of that. Uh, we know that, uh, who else we've seen? There's probably about 15 companies we're going to see while yeah, we're out there. Yeah, of business. Um, I, I expect it to be a relatively easy show. Um, I think it's going to be more just, um, hobnobbing, if you will, or shooting the shit and getting that kind of more fellowship within the industry more than anything else. I know Drew Estate's hosting that first, um, party that first night. And then I believe one of the, we're going out to dinner with one of the vendors, course we got to hit up the pepper mill bro if you've never been gotta to the pepper mill, oh, man, dude, yeah. it is still the only remaining privately owned uh restaurant yeah on the strip like it's on the old side of the strip um i love the breakfast there man you just too, bro. The place. <laughs> it's been a few years since well, actually the last time i went bro was with you so it's been yeah, a few years that's that's pre, that was pre-covid bro yeah man but uh yeah no i'm doing the hash browns for sure best hash browns i want some of the best hash browns i've ever had Massive. and that's what i'm hyping sammy I'm just, you know it's, it's funny man like not to sound uh you know cavalier but uh jack or uh jackie uh, jared and i are so used to doing the trade show i did it you know two and a half three years as a as a, a rep and then we did it you know management side so it's just gonna be business for us it'll be nice to catch up with old friends and and, and do business see some vendors but I always say it's really cool for the first time, guys. Like for Sammy, he's going to be like a kid in a candy store. Um, he's going to have a wonderful time. And uh, I will, just, you know, you know, I will say TPE is significantly different vibe mm-hmm. and layout than it is going to. Did you go to TPE last year? No, no, I, I did it with uh, with with Obeha in two years ago i'd be 20 dude like right before covid no 21 bro maybe it was 21 then yeah because i'm trying yeah. to remember. no yeah because covid was 20 yeah, yeah. Uh, it was either 20 or 21 but yeah we did it once <laughs> right yeah um so yeah it's a whole different it's a whole different vibe i, mean, I actually prefer the tpe model just because it's more straight to business you don't have all the the hoopla if you will like that stuff's cool to look at or whatever but man i just want to go you know me man i just want to get in there get my business done yeah get the day knocked out and then relax right yep. like, go have a smoke get a drink we can have a, a a card table with two chairs yep and a glass of water and i'll be just happy bro you don't have to impress <laughs> me man i just want to i just want to spend yeah. some money man simple so, man looking forward to that uh really looking forward to hanging out with the potters too yeah uh, man this gonna be a good time one of these times well maybe we'll do a special edition out there and get the uh yeah for the sure 808 crew um yeah. on the podcast definitely gonna be eating some ono grinds out there looking forward oh, to that man. stoked you know, for that dude i think i might be more excited about that than anything else right. <laughs> so uh that kind of leads into uh you know what does it mean to be a leader right so mm-hmm. you know actually joel came up with this part of the agenda 
So I'm gonna let him lead off to what, you know, what, what does that mean to you to lead or to be a leader? I'm summing it up perfectly here. If you noticed, I was randomly flailing my arms from my guy. So we had a customer and it's just kind of an example. And then I'll lead it to the bigger story, but I just had a customer, never first time customer that reached out to us about a box that we do have in stock for him to come up and enjoy it. He's driving an hour, hour and a half to come see us. And uh, we want to make sure we secure that, take care of the customer. Leadership is simple. Uh, I always, and I've always used this analogy. I would never expect my guys to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. But what I mean by that is, you know, I've learned from Jared and learned from each other, but like vice versa, dude, like I work my, you know, what off because you do like, but I've always done that. Like realistically, a leader should set the table to where it kind of takes care of itself. And then you should like try to see how to best put that into words. Like, You've always got to be willing to be available, first of all, but everything needs to trickle down as a result of what you do, if that makes sense. In the sense of like, your people are a direct extension of who you are. And we, and especially in what we do, like if I go home, I don't need to worry about what my guys are doing up here because I train them. Uh, I'm using their strengths. I'm, I'm, you know, using the, the personalities that they are. And I want that to be something that we have across the board. You go to any of our locations, you should get top-notch service. Uh, you should be able to look at, you know, say Wayne or, or, or Jackie or any of our guys and be like, man, that's a reflection of Joel. That's a reflection of Jared. That's a reflection of anybody else. And uh, a leader always has to be willing to learn and you have to be teachable. That's the biggest thing. So, you know, Jared and I are great friends, but sometimes, you know, we're, we're going to put the heads, <laughs> heads together because it's not like we're mad at each other or anything. We're just trying to better what we do so we can all make money so that we can all, you know, create an operation that, that we can leave to legacies down the line, if that makes sense. But I go really long winded on that, but that's. Take your time, time, bro. We got, listen. Yeah. We're chilling. We're, yeah. We're not, but, we're not uh, on the timer, bro. But no, I mean, I, I looked at that with like any thing that I ever did, whether that, you know, was writing for scrum. Like I wanted that to be the best you know, Monday night raw coverage you ever read when, when we were at, you know, during draft season, you know, I broke, like there's, you can ask any of the Puros guys, like there's not going to be one player that you don't know because I want to lead in that field. You know, I've learned from some of the great guys there. Um, hell, when I worked in, in management in the past, like, you know, I was promotable at every job and that's not just to, to put myself over. You, you surround yourself by like-minded people to learn that. And I think that's why we have such a great fit on what we do here is you got people that work, man. Like how many times have you seen people like that come in and just punch a clock and they don't care about being there? Or like the first person that sees that is your, is your customer, like, or, or whatever line of field you're in. If you weren't a leader in of being a policeman or a military, you know, a military member or, or anything in that regard, do you think people want to follow you? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so I'm politically correct, bro. It's police person now, bro. Police person. There you go. But no, do you want a doctor that's not leading in his field cutting you open? You'll work it on your heart? No, of course not, man. Like, do you want somebody making scotch that's not, uh, you know, uh, proficient and always willing to get better at their craft? Uh, making a scotch probably not going to be a good pour. Uh, leadership applies to anything. I mean, you have to, yeah, not to get political. But so like, let me, let me uh, pose this question to you then. What are your top three characteristics of a leader that makes a good leader teachability is is definitely one of them uh because you and what do you mean what do you mean by teachability a leader never stops learning 
Okay. A leader never stops growing. <clears throat> so that's teachability. Accountability, because as a leader, you always have to be the one that that like 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 takes the bullet if that makes sense uh first you know you always have to be the one that that steps up and is accountable for and then accountability would be uh, i think that's what i said yeah, right. accountability, teachability and then the uh third thing is adaptability things are going to change people right. are going to come people are going to go so you always have to be willing to adapt and adjust to a cycle as leader especially in what we do we got you know a ton of locations uh, you know bars and cigar lounges and the whatnot just using this example here so you always have to be willing to you know if help if i need to go up to tulsa if you need to go up to tulsa if uh you know we need to unbox product at omerta like you know and and everybody sees that if you want your people to be a reflection of who you are be the shining star be the example that's a leader in a nutshell right you know? yeah so that's Fair my enough. that's my that's my coffee talk version. Uh, I'll start off with a you know you know I like examples, bro. So I'm gonna start off with a great example. Um, I believe that attitude is a reflection of leadership. That's a, that's a better word than I used. Yeah. And, and a great example of that for us, for our for our community and our company, um, and the fellowship and camaraderie within the company, I think was really fully on display at the Christmas party, the company Christmas party. Uh, we, we always have a last second uh, Sunday of uh, January and we get past the busy season. It is what it is. Um, we put together a full spread. That's when they kind of get their Christmas bonuses um, and all that fun stuff, um, open bar. But, you know, out of, as we continue to grow from, from four employees when I took over four years ago to mid, you know, lower thirties now, yeah, pretty much. we were missing one employee from the party. Yep. Um, I think that says a lot about our, our group. Um, the fact that everybody showed up, uh, a lot of people showed up early. Um, we ended up staying an hour over, you know, and everybody had a great time. There was no issues, you know, and everybody just kind of let their hair loose a little bit and had fun. And we all looked out for one another. Right. Um, we didn't let anybody drink and drive. We made sure you either had an Uber or a designated driver. Um, so there's the accountability, like you said, comes into that place, plays around, right? Like, if you didn't have anything going on Monday and you could let loose a little bit, some of those people did and good for them. Like you yeah. earned it. Right. We all, you know, we got, you know, nursing students and massage school students and real estate students and, you know, uh, two of our people just got out of hair school. You got college students up there in Stillwater. Um, and then we got, you know, the regular Joes that's, this is just a profession. So it was uh, really nice to have everybody there. It made me feel good as the, I guess you will de facto leader of the company to see all my group there together um, and join themselves. And it feels like we're leading the company in the right direction um, and that we're a good place to work for. Right. So, um, so yeah, that, that's kind of like my initial, initial part. If you talk about like what I think a leader is uh, three characteristics. Um, one Man, this is so hard because I can talk about this for, for hours. I know we could do two podcasts right. this time. Um, so I was trying to cut it. I'm, I'm actually kind of putting myself on the spot because I didn't really prep for this part of the conversation. I just kind of thought about those three while we were talking. Sure. So yeah. I would say one is vision, right? Oh, like, yeah, 100%. Being able to see where you want to be and where you want people to be, um, whether it's for them. For themselves for them for 
our, our company um, or for us as an entire company, right? Whether you're a 1% owner or 50% owner or uh, a manager of a store or becoming a district manager or just uh, a bartender trying to get through school, right? Like being able to have vision and explain that vision um, to a to a larger group of people and have everybody buy in, I think is a key characteristic of leadership. And I feel like that is something that we as a group have done really well as we continue to grow. Um, so I'm really proud of that as well. So definitely number one for me is vision. Um, I agree with you on the accountability part. Um, you know, I think there's, I have a little bit different idea of what accountability means to me. Um, part of the accountability is leading by example, right? But also being prepared and making sure that your staff is prepared and has the tools to be successful. Um, is That's accountability to me, but that also means I'll hold you accountable as well. Yeah. Um, if I give you the tools and give you the training and give you the knowledge to be successful and you don't make the effort or don't take the time to become knowledgeable within your within your task or project or whatever it may be that's on you and i don't have a problem holding people accountable if we've held ourselves accountable in getting you prepared for success yeah right so i think that's another very important part of leadership um and i would say genuineness is probably the, for lack of a better word I can think of right now, but just being genuine in your, in your thought processes uh, with yourself, right? And with your staff, right? Like if, if you come across as fake, no one's going to take you serious, right? Mm -hmm. If you come across as completely egotistical, yeah, nobody's going to take you serious, right? You're just a, you're just an egomaniac. You come across as a jerk all the time, but you don't care about anybody but yourself. You're selfish, right? Yeah. No one's going to take you serious all the time. Um, and that's really hard to build a long-term crew, uh, specifically within this industry. This industry is a lot harder than when I was in the casino industry building sure. a long-term crew, right? Like in that industry, my main seven uh, core managers, or I guess it'd be about 10, I think I had one turnover in like six years, man. You know, but you, you the, the, it's a different industry with a different pay scale and a different sure. <laughs> uh, career path, right? Versus taking something that we've taken you know, for me, starting with the ice chest, for you, you started at the store before I even merged in and taking it to where it's at now and where we're trying to get to, right? So, you know, who who's going to buy into the vision and who's going to be willing to be developed so that they have a lifelong seat at the table? Because that's what it's about for me is building a lifelong seat at the table for all of us. Yeah. So, you know, those would be the three components I would say are, are um, I probably shouldn't pay my beer more on the video but uh <laughs> no vision right those are the three components Genuine i would say or if i had to pick three that would be the yeah. most important to me as far as being um, a leader right yeah. and all the other stuff you talked about is very valid too you know uh adaptability ego right teachability I, I don't care who comes up with the idea bro i no. wish i wish i came up with zero ideas yeah right but it's just not the way it works sometimes so you know sometimes you got to you got to foster, and I think that's probably one of the hardest hurdles for most um, leaders is to is to build a group that fosters creativity, yep. productivity um, on its own versus it being reactive yep. to you. You want it to be proactive to you. 
And those are always, that's always been something that's been a hurdle. And I think it's for any leader, it's always going to continue to be a hurdle, right? To, to find that fine line between leading and allowing people to blossom and come up with ideas too, right on their own. So I love it, I love it man. Summed up perfectly. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's for, you know, and for you guys to understand, like, why are we talking about this? Like we want to talk, you know, there may be some times where we talk a little more cigar heavy. I bet you after TPE, we'll probably have a pretty cigar heavy oh. conversation, oh. right? <laughs> but we also want to incorporate business ideas, business philosophies, if you will, or structure. Um, Cause really that's what I love. I mean, I love this. Yeah. Right? For you guys that are listening, I'm holding a cigar. Like I love this. I love the business of what we do, providing great experiences for people. Um, a place for them to relax, you know, that's it, it's building something that we always wanted to have ourselves um, and building a foundation for our staff. But it's also, you know, great to, for me, like I love the business aspect of it. Yeah, I was up talking to one of our guys last night uh, to like 3 a.m. about about businesses, not even my business. Or what, what was his vision for him? Right. Um, a guy reached out to me and said, hey, you know, like I'm, I'm, he's in this corporate structure. He's doing very well for himself. Young guy. Um, but he's unhappy. Right. He's unhappy because the corporate structure, he sees our structure and he sees the flexibility and the, the, the genuineness of what we do. And, you know, he's somebody who has the fortitude and the, 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 the right mentality to do his own thing or maybe be a part, maybe not just necessarily do his own thing, but be a part of a company that is doing its own thing. That's not that's not a numbers driven company. When I say everybody's number driven, but I mean, like, you're just not a number, right? Like with this company, they're global. Like he's just a number. Right. Like the people he deals with is just a number. It's all about, you know, staying in this box. And I don't like boxes. So uh, unless they're boxes of opus. But no. <laughs> so, you know, it was it, it was fun for me last night to sit there for, you know, a couple hours. I think he called me like at 130. I was already awake. That's why I was trying not to bug you too late. Yeah, no, nah, bro, like I was up. So and uh, we said I think we talked for like an hour and just yeah. talked about, you know, you know, what he was in essence feeling uh without the feelings right like yeah. what his viewpoint and his um his viewpoint of where he was at in his career been there seven years and kind of where we wanted to where he wanted to head like you know and i posed some pretty challenging questions to him right off the bat and you know those are things that he couldn't answer and i said those are things you were going to think about before we even get started right like you've got to have vision and if you don't have vision then you're never going to get goals. And if you don't have goals, then where are you going? Yeah. Where are you going, right? We've got goals, right? We have a vision All to get there. Yes, sir. Right now, those are dynamic in nature. Like, we'll, we'll change as we continue to move forward. Um, and we'll adapt and, and do what we got to do to continue our model of success. And you'll have some ups and downs and in-betweens. But, like, at least there's, there's an idea of where we're trying to get to versus somebody who just has a vision of breaking free of the corporate model but doesn't know where to go. They're, they're, they're the lost wanderer, right? Like they, you've got to have some, some, you got to have a compass to get you in the direction of where you're headed. Vision. Vision. So yeah, there's that. Um, so yeah, well, as we continue to go through these series, there may be times where we talk more about the business aspect of, of this or that. Um, the cigar side is definitely going to be coming up here pretty soon. Like I said, we will probably start getting some guests. I'm starting to get a list kind of put together too for that. 
Got a couple um, of characters. Yeah, you know, sports too. We even have some coaches, some college yeah, coaches, yeah. college staff. Yeah, great. Um, that we can talk about. So uh, now, next up, the recap of the Super Bowl. I'll let Mister the Mouth of the Midwest himself start that up. Man, I'll tell you what. We uh, we had a good night up here in Stilly. Great crowd. Uh, so I got to see most of the game, but you know, we were uh, we were you know leading as it were and serving our guests. But uh, it's it's really interesting as Tom Brady retires to see Patrick Mahomes. I mean, again, coming into his own. He, uh, if you look at it stat wise, he really didn't have like an exceptional game. Twenty one to twenty seven, like yeah. buck eighty something yards, uh, three touchdowns though. Yeah. Um, I think Which his QB rating was like one thirty something. Yeah, it was great. But what's funny is if if I didn't watch the game, for example, and you would have shown me the stats side by side. I'd have thought those were Jalen's stats, but Jalen had like 300 some yards. Of course, he ran for what three or 70, four? 70 yards. What's that? He ran, he ran for 70 yards. No, 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 but he ran for uh, how many touchdowns? Was it three One. touchdowns? Yeah. For Jalen or two? No, Jalen had a few. So he had five touchdowns in the game? Yeah, yeah, four or five. But either way, no, he, he only was... threw for one. I'm sorry. Yeah, he only threw for one. Yeah, yeah, two, for yeah. sure. But um, it was interesting because, you know, the whole thing before the game was everybody talking about Philly's vaunted defense, which is exceptional. But they didn't Do have they... any sacks, bro. Like, if you look at uh, Kansas City had a sack from Kalen Saunders and the other sack, yeah, funnily enough, you know, draft season, I, I was real high on a kid by the name of Leo Chanel. I want to say he was was he Wisconsin or Nebraska, one of the big schools, if I recall. But he had a sack. Um and then their guys were getting pressure and, you know, both of the guys were playing hurt. Let's be honest, you know, Hurts uh, was coming off that shoulder. And then Mahomes obviously had the real bad situation with the ankle. Uh, you know, the, uh, it was a high ankle sprain or whatever, a few weeks to recover, but uh, phenomenal game, man. I mean, Travis Kelsey showed up that, that undrafted rookie Pacheco had a solid game touchdown. Um, but obviously the, it, it's crazy. I always talk about this because, uh, you know, you get bad officiating, you get good officiating. I thought for the most part, it was pretty, pretty well officiated. Uh, of course, you had that scoop and score from Nick Bolton, uh, that linebacker out of Missouri, you know, undersized. He's been a dog for y'all. And um, but, uh, you know, they, they talked about that that last play where Juju got held by uh, James Bradbury. And everybody's like, that's a terrible call. You got James Bradbury, great veteran corner coming out and saying, you know, I held him. I was trying to get I held him. Yeah, he, yeah like, listen, I want to hear more about it. Every, every but, time somebody brings up like. The guy who did it says he did yeah, it. Yeah, he did it. And he's a veteran. He literally he's a said, veteran. I was hoping they would yeah. let it slide. Yeah. Right? You know, and it's unfortunate that it happened at that point in the game. Oh, yeah. It, bad it happened, time. bro. Like, <laughs> it happened. Like, it's not like Juju did something to make him do it. Like, he no. did it. So, it's in the no. subject. Like, yeah. it, maybe if he doesn't do it, maybe maybe that passes incomplete and it changes the, con well, the, the context of the game. But that's not what it's happened. A story. Nope. What happened was the guy who made the penalty, admitted he made the penalty, yep. Didn't make excuses. Accountability, bro. Bingo. And uh, accountability. And he's corner. He's, uh, I believe, he's a right. free agent this year. Eagles will look at him. There's, he's going to get signed. I mean, one penalty. Like he's had a hell of a season. Immensely. Right. But the uh, fact of the matter is, uh, it was. You know, we're doing this great podcast. It's uh, the, you know, the great cigar podcast legend Will Cooper, uh, a good friend. And Will was uh, saying that, bro, you can't ever put a game, especially the Super Bowl, in the hands of officiating because if you leave it down to that. What did you do to get there? You know, and he's a hundred percent right on that. Well, and, there were good. Oh no, no, and and it's crazy because will the Eagles be back? Sure, but 
the day after that, they lost their offensive coordinator to a head coaching job with the Colts. And then the defensive coordinator, Gannon, uh, is now the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. So they got to basically rebuild the coaching staff, the leadership staff. Uh, meanwhile, Kansas City's uh, tried and true again. Now, uh, could something happen with the enemy finally, or maybe just a switch, a new scenery? Who knows? But either way, kudos to both teams for getting there. Right. Philly had a hell of a season. I knew they would. I, I called them as a Super Bowl favorite early. People are like, you're crazy. I'm like, dude, they drafted. Uh, you know, I'm a draft nerd. Dallas drafted well, but Philly killed it. They knocked it out of the park, man. And you could see veterans and young players alike. They weren't afraid to go make moves to get guys like C.J. Garner-Johnson and, and uh, you know, and Dominican Sue and some of these great veterans, just like Kansas City did. Kansas City, Kansas City had two rookies oh. starting in the secondary, yeah. bro. You had Juju Smith-Schuster, a, a savvy veteran. You had uh, – you know, Marquez Valdez Scantling, and not to mention you have rookies like my man, one, one of the draft darlings, Jarrett Sky Moore, Western Michigan, uh, one catch for four yards. But it was talk a about time. scouting. I mean, Pacheco led the mm -hmm. led the Super Bowl in rushing. Yeah, undrafted free agent runs like he's mad at somebody, bro. Oh, he does. Like, he I like more. the way he runs, man. He runs angry, right? He runs did get vicious. lit up that one play, <laughs> yeah. but you know, he got up. He didn't. He didn't fumble the ball. Knock he doesn't out. make excuses, man. Yep. He, he's out there trying to earn his spot, and I can respect that. And again, you talk about leadership, that damn coaching. Andy Reid, man. Andy my God almighty, dude. Like, what a fantastic head coach. Go ahead. Sorry, man. Cut you off there. No, no, you're fine. I the love damn Andy Reid. Incredible. I think both teams, I really like both teams. Um, yeah. Obviously, for you guys that don't know, like 10% of the whole entire Super Bowl rosters were OU players. So, you know, alum, super happy to see that. Uh, no matter what, four or five players from each side was going to get a Super Bowl ring. Guys who put in some significant minutes to get yep. parts of the team. So always happy for that. You know, and you're right. Like Jalen had a hell of a game, but you're talking about two plays, I think, that really defined the game. Um, that this that first missed field goal by Buckner. Yeah. That, that the end of the game is all I think that made it a that that last call and the last drive even more, you know, um a bigger piece of the game because yep. McKinnon goes in if you're up three already, because now you're up 10, right? Yep. Nine plus or minus the, the PAT. Yep. But also that fumble by Jalen. That was right? so weird, man. Like, he it, it, it up. yeah, he's coughed it up, a bad mistake. He played he, one mistake in that game. I think he really made, right? Like he played a phenomenal game. I'm happy to see him doing well especially as much criticism as he's gotten over the years yep. for not being able to throw. He was just going to be a running back. It was those same things you kind of heard about Tebow, but he's been able to overcome and, and become a great NFL player, bro. Like good for him. Right. The other, the other thing was the field, man. Speaking of which dude, like I didn't see that because again, we were, we were busy. Right. Back in the house. I didn't really see that until the next day when I was kind of watching highlights, you know, stuff I missed. Oh, wow. uh, you know, I'm here in the great city of Stillwater, who apparently came up with the field was OSU. I, they ain't claiming it because that was that was a bad. What's he, funny is, is they <laughs> were claiming it, all this stuff about yeah, no, OSU <laughs> until the Super Bowl happened. They're like, whoa, 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 it wasn't us. I was psyched, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, I don't understand why they're using an experimental blend. Yeah. Right? at the most important part of the season. Like I understand that there's been issues all season, but that should have prompted somebody right in this multi-billion dollar corporation. Yeah. Say, you know what, let's spend the extra money and get something that's a proven product on the field, yeah. bro. Like, I don't, why, 
Why, no bro? Money. You know, at the same time, how does the teams not know what cleats are and are not working? Oh, my Lord, dude. You have full disposal. I mean, I bet you there's three different size cleats minimum for each player. For skill players, right? <laughs> yeah. For field conditions. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me it took you guys until the middle of the second half to figure yeah, it out? Much. Come on, bro. Yeah. Like, I, I just think the due diligence on that part from you talking about, again, pitting your your team in a position to as a leader mm-hmm. to be in a position to be successful to win. Yeah. There's They have the tools. Yeah. They have the tools. The NFL has the tools yep. and the yep. money to put a great product on the field. Right to allow the both teams to have the most success, and the teams themselves have the tools and the wherewithal to make sure their players have the best success. Yeah. And both those play, both those things failed. Right, and now all of a sudden, <laughs> nobody wants to take accountability. You nope. talk about leadership. That's probably my biggest issue with the NFL. That's a whole different conversation. Yeah, why I can get turned so off sometimes yeah. from from the NFL is the I feel like it's a very uh, the people at the top. And I'll be yeah. very specific. I don't. I don't really care for Roger Goodell. Like I think he's deflective, and and big making time. big time mistakes. I mean, not mistakes, but you know, taking accountability for for issues that come up in the league. I feel like he waffles a lot. Um, and you know, it's easy for me to say because I don't run the NFL. I run yeah. some cigar whiskey bars, bro. Right? It's a whole different ballgame. I get it. But I mean, this shouldn't be that complicated. If I was running the place, and I had obviously would be asking about the field. Um, and you know what was our preparations for the Super Bowl, and, and yep. what was the NFL's part in that? Yep. Like somebody's getting fired, bro. <laughs> like, like we are having a we're having an emergency meeting the next day, and I better have some answers. <laughs> that's right? Like saying. somebody, like that's that's somebody's sole job. Yeah. With field conditions, and they completely fumble the ball. <laughs> Basically, hundred percent right. on that too. Uh, but, yeah, you brought up the other thing. I think the <laughs> Eagles had the second or third most sacks um, in a single season history. Now, granted, they were going up against the 85 Bears, who I think at the time were only playing 14 games versus a 17-game schedule. So I wish there was some, like I, – I think with the way they've changed the, the number of games, the record should be an average per game now yeah. versus totals. Right, you look at oh, what Barry, yeah. like what Barry Sanders did in yeah. college, right? In and in I think it was like a ten game, a ten game at the, ten That's games right. at the time, yeah. right? Well, yeah, you had somebody break it. I think it was Ron Dane or somebody broke it at Wisconsin, yeah. but he played three more games. Yeah, right. Like, I think it should be. I think when you start looking at these records, that you it should yeah. be it should have to be broken on the average. Yeah, because now you're comparing apples to apples. It was right, like the so. sack thing, or like when when Trayvon uh, Trayvon Diggs for the Cowboys tied Everson Wall's record, which is great. But Everson did it with what one or two less games, you know? Right. Well, you're even talking about the sacks, uh, single season sacks, right? With um, yeah. Strahan versus um, Nick Bosa. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. At the time, it was uh, was it Reggie? My, oh yeah, you going you going way back. That's yeah, like when Strahan uh, beat it, yeah. when uh, they say that Brett Favre kind of took one for the team or whatever, right? Oh yeah, true. That last game, but he also yeah. played like three more games, two or yeah. two or three more games, bro. Like, yeah. okay, like is that really breaking the record? I mean, technically yes, in total, but yeah. you also played more games, so you had more opportunities, right? Yeah. 
it's like this whole thing about LeBron versus Mike. That's another yeah. thing, right? Like, you know, get all way off subject here. But you yeah. talk about, well, how fast do they get to X amount of points, right? Mm-hmm. Average per game. And it's if you start looking at averages per game and where they were at, how, how many games it took to get to 10 to 20 to 30. Exactly. Yeah. It really changes the perspective of what that player did that season. Big difference. Yes. And I think it, I think it's not fair um, to minimize because you're not comparing apples to apples. But again, you know, there's there's money to be had in in breaking records, right? So uh, uh, my whole point would be like like that's something like in field like track and field, right? Yeah. Run a hundred, you're running a hundred, no matter what year it is. Exactly. You're running a hundred, right? It's not like the guy that's breaking the record all of a sudden gets to run ninety. <laughs> right? no, no, he's running 100 like yeah, that's a fast, do the thing the fastest man on earth for all time you ran 100 the same 100 that everybody else in the history of time exactly. right and they even have rules like if the wind's blowing so hard um to your back like it it doesn't count yeah right so again you know way off subject but square. No, 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 i don't right. i don't like how how that applies like to me it's you know you know maybe it's the math mathematician statistics guy i mean you know, the finance coming out and the statistical analysis I like to do, but you know, that's just how I look at it. <laughs> but yeah, overall, and I'll say the other big point, Kelsey, six for six, six targets, six catches. Incredible. Bro, it, it's crazy because he's so you know that he, look, they're hurting us, oh. they're hurting our receiver game, right? They're and you know the ball's coming to him. Everybody knows the ball's coming to him, <laughs> and they can't stop the guy, bro. He's just he's a dog, man. He is one of the he's best. Dog, he's, he's gonna go down as one of the I don't know if he's going to be the number one. I can't say that, but he's a Hall of Famer already mm-hmm. in my book, right? Regardless if you like the guy's attitude or not. That's what I would say. I think he's yeah. the biggest a-hole. He's the best tight end in football. Bro, <laughs> Still, I, mean, you, dogs and dogs. I, I think that is an alpha-driven p- profession. Yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, I mean, so many guys. You are can't get upset when you have somebody who's a f- alpha. Like, that's yeah. just who he is, man. You don't yeah. think the best Navy SEAL is not an alpha? Oh, I don't think the 100%. best boxer, the best MMA fighter, the best hockey player is not an alpha. Exactly. Like you, you have like you cannot play that physical of a game <laughs> to that level without being an alpha, right? Doing the thing. Right. So it's just how I look at it. But uh, yeah, it's crazy. I think uh, kudos to the offensive line, two OU players, Absolutely. best center Incredible. in the game, Creed Humphrey. He's if a he dog, can continue man. to uh, stay healthy. I mean, he's a Hall of – you know, he's only, what, third year in, but he's a Hall yeah, of Famer. Yeah, second or third, hard to believe. I mean, he's been the one of the top three rated centers. His first year, rookie year, he was the number one rated center in the league. Rookie yeah. year, bro, you know. You know, and, and people thought he was going to be – it's interesting that they thought him and uh, – I think it's the right guard, uh, the, the Tennessee kid, Smith. Yeah. Dude, those were over – and I don't want to say overlooked, but they were heavily overlooked. Right. Lower grades. I, mean, I was – so excited when Kansas City picked him up. Obviously, Kansas Dude, you got, City and fans. you guys got them both. I think Smith was fifth, and then Humphrey yeah. was second or third. But I remember Dane Brugler, the great draft scout, Dane Brugler, a young guy who works for the Athletic, was huge on uh, Creed Humphrey because he could see the the tangibles, the or the intangibles, as it were. Uh, and and I mean, he's shown up. And hey, I think he's the best, straight up the yeah. best center in in football. Keep an eye on Linderbaum out of Baltimore, uh, Iowa kid. He's going to develop. But Humphrey, yeah, hands down, best center. I think OU is definitely putting out some some very talented offensive oh, linemen. You go, 100%. you know, Trent Williams, Lane yep. Johnson, mm-hmm. Creed Humphrey, Orlando yep. Brown. 
Those guys are all pro, like they're all they're they're all Pro Bowlers this year, bro. That's just the one. Yeah, that's just the ones. And we can three, <laughs> the best, they're the three of the best within their position. Yeah, exactly. Right? And if we can keep Orlando Brown, and maybe we get lucky and pick up uh, Antoine from OU uh, in the draft, man, that might be a, a three three OU lineman on the Kansas City. Kansas They've got him, bro. Uh, Anton's like I've I've seen anywhere from early second, early third. Uh, which I've I think seen him move. Good. I've seen him moving around the first a little bit. He's getting late first buzz as of late. Uh, but like, let's say you know you well. Okay, case case of point. Since y'all won the Super Bowl, you pick him at thirty second. You're gonna you're gonna take your best position guy, and he could be the guy that you get at thirty second, just an early second, so nobody else gets him. So right, makes sense. Uh, Kansas City's in a good spot though. I mean, their mm-hmm. um, salary cap, you know, cap good. salary cap contracts. Uh, their, you know, young guys. Yeah. Their biggest contract that's fallen off is Frank Clark. You know, he's getting a little up there in age. He's, he's still he 29. Yeah, he'll be a free agent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Look, but again, you got those are the tough decisions. And we'll do. But we also have that kid from Purdue that played a pretty good year. His rookie year. Karloftis. Yeah, my favorite got, name, dude. No, George Karloftis. George Karloftis. And he was, he was, he showed up in the game too. You got some young guys, Bolton. Yeah. You got the two guys in oh, the Bolton, secondary, Bolton. McDuffie and uh, yeah. Sneed. And Shell, like, no, all, all those guys winners. are going to be back, yeah. bro. They got a good young core nucleus. The yeah. offensive line is relatively young. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, dude. And I think the way they front-loaded Pat's contract is going to be yeah. helpful as they move down the next couple of years, too. Yeah. You know, at the time, I was like, oh, my God. Like, it's such a – the way they structured it was – Dude, I, I, if you look at Looking Mahomes, back, it was a pretty yeah. good – Moved by Kansas City. It's deep and and it's small. Yeah. Like when you built that out, you could see it. If you looked at the year to year on that, right? Like, they know what they're doing. Yeah, and that damn that damn Andy Reid. That's a good owner. I Kansas really City. hope Benemy doesn't leave. I understand. Yeah, but I don't think that's Kansas City's fault. Like I don't, and, and maybe there's something I don't know. Obviously, uh, maybe he just wants to change the scenery. Maybe he wants to. That, prove he yeah. You know, maybe you know it looks at maybe somebody's saying, "Well, look, you're under you're under you're under Reid." Uh, yeah. you're you know offensive genius in his own right. Um, you know you got Patty Mahomes, you had Tyree Kill and Kelsey. Yeah. You got a great offensive line. It's not you, it's them. Maybe that's part of the the challenge. Uh, the challenge, right? Yeah. So maybe he goes somewhere else. Yeah. And, and does better, but I really hope he stays. Yeah. Um, it'd be great to see a succession plan for Andy Reid. Yeah. Um, and I don't think Andy's a greedy guy. I think there's a way, no. similar to what you've seen. Um. At OU, right? Like yeah. uh, with uh, Venables yeah, not sure. taking a max contract, right? And being able to bring in a top notch offensive coordinator uh, from a top 10 offensive team in the country yeah. uh, over the last yeah. three or four years. Yeah. And and where he doesn't have to feel like he needs to leave after a year or two to prove yeah. himself, right? He's getting paid well. Um, you know, and there's some guys um, that just don't ever really cut it to be. Maybe he doesn't want to be a head coach. Who knows, bro? Maybe he's a terrible interview. Right? <laughs> Bro, you know, who knows? Nobody talks about that, you know. You know, maybe he's too non maybe he's too non-nonsense, right? Not yeah. politically correct for sure. to be the lead position. You know, it's not it's not 2000 anymore, 1995. Like, you know, there's a certain mentality and presentation you got to have at that level, right? And maybe exactly. maybe he doesn't want to be that guy. I don't know. It'd be interesting to hear. I don't know if that'll ever come out. Um while he's still coaching but i think he's a hell of a coach he's done a great job this is the what he's put together since he's been there is not an accident right it's not like 
you know, you can have a one-year fluke, but this this is not a fluke at this point, bro. No. Some no. of the plays they ran um, against the Eagles D uh, left those receivers wide open on some of those oh. touchdowns. Like that that is genius level yeah. offensive coordinating, bro. Yeah. Like he's good. He's right? damn good at it. At, at, this is you're talking the the biggest game in the of, of the of the in the world, um, biggest stage of the world for football. And you're performing at a high level, making calls, you're behind, and you're just able to help lead that team back in your play calling to get you where you want to be. Like, that's not by accident. So, and think about it like Philly on paper. I mean, there's always ways to expose, but like, if you look at it, Philly didn't have any weaknesses in a traditional sense. That defensive line, sensational, good linebackers, great secondary, and they still found holes in it. it it's just the it's just biggest problem game. Philly had is that they have been able to get pressure with four guys all season mm-hmm. and they were not able to get pressure with four guys. Yep. And I think that kind of disrupted their, their scheming, right? Like yeah. if something's been working for you all season and all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's not you're right. Gonna find the hole. And then you're going to find the hole, right? Yeah. You can only press for so long before one of those right. receivers or tight ends get open. So it's kudos, kudos to the all Kansas City offensive line. Yeah. Man. They really played lights out, bro. Yeah, exactly. And you're talking about a team that got annihilated by the Buccaneers, what, two years ago? Oh, God. Yeah. That, you know, the offensive line, they retooled it, bro. I mean, exactly. they only like one remaining said, player from that offensive line. And what's crazy is they had good people in theory on that line, and they're like, it ain't well, that year there was also uh, two oh, guys injury. hurt and one guy left got guard, hurt left in tackle. the game. Yeah. yeah. So, but, you know, it was an aging line. They've been able yep. to retool it. We'll see what they do in free agency and, and uh, contract negotiations. I know Orlando Brown, I believe, is yeah. up for a contract. So we'll see yeah. what happens. Um, again, I'd like to see him stay. He's, can't, he's a OU guy. But uh, you know, it is a business. I understand that as well. So. But again, do you do you keep Brown on a big contract, or do you replace him with a guy like uh, Antoine? And well, uh, that's get, the problem, though. You're not just replace them because you still got the rest of the crew, right? So it just yeah. depends what they what they feel their priorities are going into exactly. the draft, and uh, you know what's available out there at a free agency. And, and I right like before that. we uh, started our podcast, the uh, I think the trade, uh, not the trade deadline, the uh, franchise tag comes up Tuesday. So it's like you franchise an Orlando Brown, or, you know, something like that. We'll find out. That'll be another. Right, yeah. You know, luckily yeah. for them, I think they're like 12 or 13 million uh, under the cap. So they have room. Plenty of restructure. They yep. that's before they, you know, make some decisions about yeah. some bigger contracts. Frank Clark, I think it's like eight or nine million. He's the biggest one, I believe. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, we'll go from there. But uh, yeah, that wraps it up. Great conversation again, once Joel. I appreciate you, man. And oh, uh, you too, brother. Great time. We will. Uh, we might do a special special podcast uh, live out in the seven o two. True. Maybe get some of the eight o eight crew on there. That'd be fun, so, man. Yep. Appreciate you guys, and don't forget to keep living that cigar life, baby. Absolutely. Be safe, guys. Take care.